0: Now, before I get started, i got a question to ask you. Rick Renner wrote a book called, um, it's talking about the last days. Um, What will the world look like when Jesus comes back? Also, we have a new, the world has a new project called the 2030 Agenda. Do y'all know about that? Yeah, y'all ought to. I have a question for you. If I get up on Wednesday nights and start teaching you what's happening in the world and what's going to be happening. Are you, is that something you want to know? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm not talking from a negative standpoint. I'm not talking about doom and gloom and hellfire and damnation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what they're planning and what God is doing. That's right. Amen. Now, if y'all want to, but I don't want the crowd to thin out because you go home and go, oh, I feel terrible. Listen, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to die and go to heaven. That'll be your worst day. So everything else is good, amen? But there's a lot going on, and I, and I feel like there's people here that are not watching and paying attention to what's happening in the world. And I want you to know, and I'm talking about from a Bible perspective. I'm talking about what does the Bible say? How close are we to the rapture? You know, the world has 2030 agenda. Does anybody know what 20? 29 is biblically. Do you know what the date 2029 is? It is exactly 6,000 years from Adam and Eve. That's incredible. That's the Jewish New Year. That's the Jewish year 6,000. that does that sound important to you? Yeah, we're cranking in. This is getting good. I like your hat. So I just thought that I'd ask you if you'd like to do that. Now, the ones of you that aren't going to, that don't want it, you come anyway. Yeah. You, might, you might learn something. It'd be good. It'd be fun. But anyway, uh, I, I'll know by the crowd. So we have uh, 2, 4, 6, eight, 10. We have, we have 7,900 people here tonight, and I'll know. Are y'all ready for the word? All right, get your Bible out and go to Luke chapter 8. Luke 8. See, I, it just me bringing it up, you're, you, y'all are so... Uh, yeah, we uh, yeah. but see that's not good, that's not good. You have to be excited about stuff. Luke 8, does anybody even remember what I preached last Wednesday? Does anybody know the title? that's terrible, huh? I love the word There you go. I love the word. Did we do a good job preaching on what the word? Amen, we did. And, um, and, and I, we, talked, we talked last Wednesday about falling back in love with the Word, with the Word of God. I'm going to make a statement to you right now as I get started, because I'm going to be preaching a sermon right now called First Things First. How many of you have ever gardened? how many of you have all ever gone out there and found the weeds, took it over? Thank you, Mike. I found out something about gardening. You have to cultivate it if you don't keep up with it. I don't care what you plant. And the word of God's the same thing. You can plant it and you better cultivate it. And we're going to talk about first things first. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, last week, when we started off, I read something. Uh, I may not. I may not start off with that right now. I got a hundred notes up here. Don't be afraid. It don't mean nothing. I was going to preach two hours, no matter what. So, Luke eight, chapter, uh, chapter eight, verse four. And we're, I'm going to read the sower sows the word. No, last Wednesday. I stopped here, and I made a statement about this, and I said, we're going to pick this up Wednesday night. And I want you to pay attention, because it's very, very important. Um, A great multitude gathered, and they came to him from every city, and he spoke a parable. Now, we're going to talk about the parable of the sower. Now, even though you are there, I'm going to to mention another one uh, in Mark 4.13. If you're taking notes, don't go there. But, it, but the same parable Jesus said in Mark, and this is what he said about this parable. He said, how will you understand any parable if you don't get this one? And what he said, this is the Mac Daddy parable. Amen. This, is, this is the parable of all parables. In other words, if you don't know anything else in your Bible, you ought to know this. Yeah. So to me, that was like, well let's, well, well, let's pay attention to this thing, and it's helped me a lot reading this parable and knowing and understanding it. So Luke 8, 4, uh, 5, a sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. I know many of you have heard this before, but pay attention, you might learn something. Some fell on a rock and soon sprang up, and it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns. And the thorn sprang up, and it choked it. And others fell on good ground, and it sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, or he said loudly, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, why did he say, if you have ears to hear, let him hear? Why would he say that? Well, it's obvious everybody's got ears on the side of their head, and they all heard his words. What's he actually asking? Are you paying attention? Um, He used a word in another parable, another, talking about the same parable, and he says, don't let your heart become hard. Now, what does that mean? What does he mean by that? What that means is after you've been in church a while, we have a tendency to, I know that. Mm -hmm. It's not do you know it. It's do you do it. Knowing it. I mean, everybody goes, oh, I know that. You know, I know all about working out weights. Don't mean I do it, but I know all about it. I know all about dieting. I don't mean I do it. By the way, so far in the last three weeks, I've lost 14 pounds. I decided to get real serious. I saw Jody one day and I said, my God, I can't let that guy lose more weight than me. So, not that, not that. I just got tired of looking at this fat guy in the mirror and I found out one day it wasn't a picture, it was me. I thought Santa Claus had been coming, and I went, Lisa, why is Santa Claus in the bedroom? She goes, honey, that's a mirror. So, so I decided to knock it off. Lisa and I are also going to be going on our anniversary to St. Thomas. And I cannot be having people h- asking for my autograph thinking that I'm Shamu. Never mind, y'all didn't get a bit of that. Y'all didn't. Looking at me like I, okay, never mind. All right. You know, Lisa used to have a horse named Handsome. I hated that horse because every time she called him, I came running. I'm a slow learner, you know. The horse thought it was his name too, and both of us were deceived. Verse 9, it says, and his disciples asked him and said, What does the parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to the rest that's given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. I may explain that later because that sounds like he doesn't want them to know, but he does. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now, a seed, when you plant it, doesn't know who you are. It doesn't care who you are. It'll work just because it's got planted. A lot of times when we start talking about the Word of God, you're basing whether it works on, on, uh, on your personality and everything else not true. Just plant it and let it do its job. Okay? He says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they receive the Word with joy, and they have no root if you were born above the Mason-Dixon line, that would be Root. I'm to talk about all the people from Boston. Who believe it for a while in a time of temptation fall away. I was helping Paul back there, helping Paul a little bit. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those when they hear have heard. They go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And they bring no fruit to maturity in the ones that fell on the good ground. Are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it to you again, and I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. In every church in America that I'm aware of, they classify everyone in one or two classes. That's all there are. Saved, not saved. Saved, not saved. And you never hear the other two classes. Mm -hmm. I don't think you ever hear it. So what's happened to us is we walk into a church and we have a mindset that it really doesn't matter what we do, how we live, as long as I'm saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's that mean, I'm saved? Well, that's not true. That's totally not true. If it was true, Jesus would have only had two classes, but he said there's four. So one somebody's not right. Now, last week we talked about, and, and I read a paper to you from um, Andrew Womack, and I want to read it again. I want to start off by reading this, because... The mindset of Christians in America, if you want a move of God, if you want your prayers answered, you're going to have to make change the way you think. We have to think word, not church. Very, very different. They're, they're, they're two different things. All right. He wrote this article three years ago, Observe All Things by Andrew Womack, a teaching article. How, does the, how much does the Bible get in the way... Of what do you believe. If you're like most Christians. You believe in Jesus. But you have compartmentalized your faith. So your Bible beliefs. Have only a little influence. Over all the areas of your life. Did you know that 50% of evangelical Christians. And I'm not talking denominational Christians. I'm talking about, I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and I, and I believe that I'm saved. 50% in America do not believe in absolute truth. Now, y'all didn't even wiggle on that. That's astounding. Is it, is the Bible 100% accurate? Is it absolute truth? Yeah. Right is right and wrong is wrong no matter what you and I think. Right. Amen. But it, it doesn't matter what Washington says. It doesn't matter what culture says. Mm-hmm. Amen. And this is where society is going, and they're doing everything in their power to take your kids down this path. Yeah. This is one of the reasons I'm paying this building off, mm-hmm. because in our next project, we will begin, and we've already begun looking into starting our own elementary school. Because your kids do not need to be raised being taught there's more than two genders. That a boy might be a girl one day and a girl might be a boy the next day and however she feels about it. There's a scripture, and I looked it up the other day, and I I can't find it. Rick Renner has it. It says, in the last days there will be moron eyes. That's where we get our work moron. We're in the last days. If you believe that, don't get mad at me. You're a moron. If you don't know what you are, boy or girl, you just, you know, have somebody take you to the back and check you. You come out, we'll help you with your confusion. And, and that what I just said is so anti-political. You know how many people are getting kicked off of Facebook just because they don't go along with the culture? Hallelujah. For many, and these talking Christians, the Bible does not influence what you believe one iota. As long as you claim to believe in Jesus, you think you can believe whatever you want about any issue in life and society, and that is absolutely wrong. All that means is they have not been taught to observe all things Jesus commanded. Now listen to this scripture. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, not converts, Baptize in the name of the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things I commanded. Yeah. Teach them yeah. to do what I said. Right. Now, for all of you people that are here, let me say, I don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no opinion. So if you sit around the dinner table at night and talk about what Pastor thinks, stop. <laughs> <laughs> because it absolutely does not matter what I think. What did you, Next time you're having a discussion, on, on, open the Bible and find yeah. what you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Find it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't start talking about what you heard me preach. You find what you believe in the Bible or you just forget it. Okay? Now, one of the things that, and I, I'm gonna just going to say this right now, it would amaze you at the pressure people put on me to Water down the word. And this is the words they use. Well, I I believe the Bible, but you need to use wisdom. And whose wisdom are we referring to? Certainly in God's. Now, you're hearing these. Well, you know what? I know what you believe, but I'll tell you, you've got to use a little wisdom. Well, I I thought the Bible was wisdom. So I'm obeying the Bible, and I need some more wisdom. No, I don't need any more wisdom. I got it. I got the wisdom of God. And if you don't have the Bible on it, you don't have the wisdom of God. You don't have any wisdom at all. That's not wisdom. Okay. You see a disciple, not a convert. And see, you have to understand something. I assume you came here for me to use that and teach. I assume it. And 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 you can't come to me and go, well, I'll tell you what I think. I go, okay. Actually, don't care. A disciple is a person who observes all things. Now, you're going to run into scriptures that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? You're going to go, Shondai, we should change. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell you something. There's a temptation to go, Ah. Oh. Now, there's another scripture. We may, we may or may not get into tonight. Do not lean to your understanding. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I'm not picking on you. Compared to God, you don't have much up here. We borrow his brain a little while. And I'm not, I didn't say you didn't have much up here. I said compared to God, you don't have a whole lot up. So whenever we're going to pick between what God said and what you think, we'll just lean over on God a little bit. A, a, a disciple is a person who observes all things Jesus commanded, by and large, the church has not been making disciples, and it has not it has not in this church when you walk out of here, someone says, "What do y 'all do? what do y 'all believe what What is your um, what do you call it um, motto not a motto but a vision We grow christians it 's a popka it's Folks, capital of the world you 're you 're a tree of righteousness, so we should grow you up right." And, and you don't have to be confused when you come what my goal is. Don't walk in there and go, he preaches on that? I have a friend that has a church in Florida. He's a Ramagrad, But he decided that if he told people that they talked in tongues, that people would leave his church. So he didn't tell them. A lady came there a half a year. And finally one day she went, y'all speak in tongues? And she left anyway. Listen. Go ahead and lay all your cards on the table. Amen. That's called deception. Yeah. When Lisa and I got married, I told her everything. I don't want to find out something later and go, I kind of forgot to tell you that. Yeah, yeah I robbed the First National Bank in one time. Yeah, Just tell them everything. Let them make a, an intelligent decision. Okay. A disciple is a person who observes all things. And if you're not, you're not a disciple. And that may bother you a little bit for a little while, but it's all right. By and large, the church has not been making disciples. Not in America, they haven't. Some do, but not all. The goal has been let's get people born again and make sure they're headed to heaven and everything else will work out. That's wrong. This has caused problems. Where he's going is the election. Because the church is not teaching people to observe all things Jesus commanded. There's a void in society where Christians ought to be taking a stand. When it comes to social, moral issues, a lot of Christians are silent, or they oppose what the Bible actually says. They professed faith in Jesus, but they're not a disciple. That might sound shocking to you, but look how Jesus responded to people who put faith in him. And Jesus said in John 8, 31, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. It is not enough to get saved so you don't go to hell. It is not an insurance policy. You have to continue in Jesus' words if you're going to be a disciple. This ought to be the goal of every Christian, but it's amazing how many don't get it. They think the Bible should not influence what they think about economics, racial issues, marriage, or health. The Bible's complete. There is not a more perfect book on the planet And compared to every book you've ever read, this one is one billion times more important than number two. Not even in the same category. Not even in the same, there's a a monument in Washington, D.C. with great men in it. Abraham Lincoln, all kinds of presidents and all kind of Confucius, and they got Jesus in there. I think they need to take him out. He doesn't belong in there with those men. He needs his own building. Because ain't nobody beside him. That's That's an opinion of mine, but I'm not ready to buy that building yet, so. Now, I said all of that because I want you to understand that God thinks this way. God thinks that you're supposed to be a disciple. God thinks you're supposed to be paying attention to what he said. That's heavy, that's pretty big. We have the idea, well, I don't know if I like that scripture. Well, okay. Well, do it anyway. So he didn't say, he did not say for you to read the Bible to believe it. That's right. He did not say read it to understand it. He said do it. Now, right there is where a disciple and a convert separate. Now, I said this one day, and I'm going to say it again because I found out that you guys are slow learners. I have no idea how I text Lisa, and she gets it on her phone. Don't ask me, and don't tell me you know either because I don't think you do. To me, there are things that just slap amaze my brain. Get milk. Okay and it left my phone and went someplace and bounced back to Lisa? That's crazy. I didn't stop using my phone, though. I just go, don't make sense to me, but I know how it works. You don't have to make, the Bible doesn't have to make sense to you for you and I to do it. So I want you to look at this because number one parable, he said those are by the wayside of those who hear, and the devil comes and takes the word out of their heart, lest they should believe. This guy never got saved. Never even got born again. Heard the word of God, didn't do him any good. Fifteen, those on the wayside, those that fell on a good ground or those having heard the word, a noble good heart, keep it and bear fruit. Those are people who are on fire for God. But go back to 13. Where do we fit 13 in our life? Those on the rock, or those they hear, they receive the word and said, Pastor Morgan, That was a great sermon. I loved it. Fabulous. I took notes. Praise the name of Jesus. And we never see you again. Now let me stop for a minute. Make a statement to you. You're going to reap what you sow. Whether you come to church, don't come to church. Like me, don't like me. Those things have no play on you and the Word. You and the Word are you and the Word. If you do it, it'll work. If you don't do it, it won't. It has no bearing on me. In other words, I'm saying this to you. Let's say you come to me and say, well, Pastor, I don't agree with you. I will say kindly, I don't care. I don't lose any sleep. You are the one screwing your life up. You aren't screwing mine up. My job is not to make you live right. Help me, Jesus. Or to worry about what happens to you. So people come to me, Pastor, where is Sister Doodad? I go, I don't know. Well, she hadn't been here in a month. Okay. What do you want me to do? Go find her? Well, she's a little sheep. No, she's a big goat. And she's the one that tore the fence down and getting out, you know. And, and I want you all to understand something. You, there's this idea that you're going to show us something. Get in line. There's only a thousand people that have showed me something. And I didn't learn, I didn't learn nothing. You understand? This is between you. This is you. You are the one that says I'm going to have a better life, and you're the one that says I'm going to have a crappy life. That's just you, and you can do, you can, you can sit here right now and agree or disagree, and, and it doesn't bother me in one iota. And I want you to know that. I want you to get over this idea that somehow or another that we've created this church so that you can stroke my ego. I don't have one. I would be happy if three people showed up at 3,000. I don't care. Yeah. 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 I already know I'm the righteousness of God. Yeah. There y'all, I'm trying to help you so that you'll understand that this lesson is for your benefit if you have ears. If you don't have ears, hallelujah. I, I, we've had people leave this church that died early. Didn't have to. They didn't have to. We've had people come to this church and in a month, you know, two, three months, six months later, they got a divorce. I didn't have to have them. All they had to do is pick up a Bible and be a doer of the Word of God. But but I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're doing when you leave. Uh And not really worried about it. Thank y'all. So I want you to understand, this is for you. Jesus is giving this for you, but there are people who won't. They're not going to listen. They never listen. And I don't. And I, And I can't do anything about it. Nobody else can do anything about it. But you can do something about you. If you want a better life, say, "I think I'm going to have a better life." I think I am going to have a better life. And don't ask your mom. Don't ask your dad. Don't ask your brothers and sisters. You decide. When I got born again, I broke the pattern in my family. My dad's an alcoholic. My parents were divorced. None of us went to church except Christmas and Easter. When I got saved, I was the first one. And I decided I'm not going to live like anybody in my family. And I went to church when they didn't. And they all looked at me and thought I'd lost my mind. Now they're all saved but one. Because they went, should we? (laughs) Maybe we should. The ones on the rock are those who hear the word. They received it. Now think about that. They bought the tapes. They bought the books. They went to Copeland's. They went to Joyce Myers. And they had no root. And they believed for only a while. But in a time of temptation, they stopped Obeying God. So, temptation is sent by the devil to stop you. If you have stopped doing it, then he has been successful. And there are people who stop. Jesus said there were. You notice that only 25% of the people that heard made it to victory. It's a very small number. I decided to be in that 25. Just me, I went, I'm going, I'm going to be. I'm 15, I'm going 15. All right, now. We'll get into the next one in a minute. So what happened to him? Let's use a word here, and I want you to think about this. The Bible, or the word, Captured their attention and they got revelation knowledge, but they didn't keep it because something else captured their attention. All right, I want you to go to Revelation 2. Just go over there and I'm going to show you how Satan works if you want to know. And I want you to know, in, in the next one we're going to get into, if we get into it tonight, cares, riches, and pleasure, he isn't talking about temptation there at all. Mm-hmm. And yet, those people brought no fruit either. Right. And yet, they never got into sin. Mm-hmm. Say, wow. wow. All right, Revelation 2, two 4 it says, nevertheless, Jesus talking to people church, I have this against you, you've left your first love. What is first love? Well, when I met Lisa, I had a moment that was like, God, she's pretty. It was a wow factor. It was like, yeah. When we first started dating, I didn't have a lot of money, but I could cook a The good steak, lobster, crab, and shrimp. And Lisa is part mermaid. (laughs) And so I would go home and I would make salad and dressing and baked potato and cooked shrimp and crab meat, and I'd call her, and she'd come over. My time of dating Lisa was on a scale of 1 to 10, a 10.5. We had absolute ball. We would sit in my house, listen to Christian music, pray, and, and eat good food. And We couldn't afford to go out, so I would cook. That's first love. That, that's when you're on the phone all the time, and you say nothing. And you can't wait to get home just so you can talk and say nothing. A bunch of goo-goo and a ga and a hallelujah. And I'm sitting down and I'm planning the day I marry her like it's Christmas is coming. And I never have to talk to her mama about it again. Every night, I would take Lisa home about 10 o'clock. And I hated taking her home. But she's not my wife. By the way, we never had relations. We decided that one day we'd be in ministry. We would be counseling people and girls and boys. Right. And can it be done? And we decided it can be. Mm-hmm. And we decided we're not going to go down that road. And so our time was just learning each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to learn your spouse. That's right. Not revolving around sex. About around the person. Right. Now that's first love. Mm-hmm. What happens to people who say, I'm no longer in love? Why does that happen? You've stopped thinking and you stopped looking. You, you, something else has your attention. So, marriage is cultivated. Do y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's cultivated. That means that you put date night in your calendar and, and you don't let anybody take it. I don't care whether it's the boss. At work, I don't care if it's your in-laws. I don't care if it's the kids. You were married before you had children. Hello, you get a babysitter, and you take her out, and you whine her and you dine her and you get her flowers, and you treat her like the queen that she is. I don't care whether you've been married five minutes or fifty years. You treat her the same. You pay attention, and you have a high regard for the relationship. Do you understand that? Okay, that's how marriages last. It, it does, and and if you if you're divorced, somebody told me when I went through a divorce that it that it, both of us were at fault, and and the, I went to the Lord and I said, "Is that true?" And He said, "In the garden, was it my fault and Adam's?" I said no, sir. He said, "Well, it's not necessarily your fault. It could be just her." Yeah. Don't shout me down. That's good news. Yeah, that's great Someone says it takes two to tango. Yeah, but but Jesus couldn't make Judas's carrot live, right? That's right. It, Jesus didn't fail Judas. That's right. Amen? Amen. So there are people on the planet that did everything in their power, exceeding abundantly above, and the marriage still failed. And don't you beat yourself up? And you may have made mistakes, but I'll guarantee you one thing. If, if there's a selfishness in there someplace, and if they left, it's them. Mm-hmm. And you get over you and just, you know, and just realize that's why God put lots of men and lots of women in the earth. Mm-hmm. And there are some good, the bad, and the ugly. Just make sure that you pick your cowboy real good the second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. 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 Make sure there's more to the person, then, you know, just surface. All right, but we're talking now about the fact that marriage has to be cultivated. That means you got to work on how you talk. I'm living with Lisa in the same house. Ask me whether fur has ever flown. Yeah, but I've almost got her straightened out. So, but you know, if you're going to have a marriage, you're going to work on it. Now, if you're going to have a relationship with God, you're going to work on it or it will deteriorate. Yeah, right. Amen. That's right. And it's not God that left. Amen. That's right. God is not the reason you don't read your Bible. God is not the reason you don't pray. God is not the reason you don't go to church. You are. Right. Something else is taking his place. Now, I'm going to say something, and, I, and this will help you. I didn't say you didn't love God, but he might be number two. He, he's not going to stay number two because soon he'll be number three. Because once you leave and stop cultivating that relationship, You'll stop the next one, he'll become three, and then four, and then five, and then you'll come back one day and go, I don't know what happened. Now I'm going to make a statement here about temptation. Mm -hmm. I have been propositioned by the opposite sex Mm -hmm. when I had hair. Contrary to what you may believe, in my 30s, I was a good-looking man. Now, I can't even my, my amen. But I'm going to say something to you that may, you may look at me and go, whoa. I mean, I'm talking about females who say things that are definitely well, my husband won't be home until midnight and he'll never know. And since you're in a brawn panties and you're trying to come out of that, that's kind of a sign. Mm-hmm. I'm not guessing. I think this is happening. And so since I was there to fix your A.C., I realized it was more hot here than the, than the building. And I could tell you this story... Uh, It wasn't one, but the funniest one was an 80-something-year-old woman. Now, now I should have known Frank then, and I would have just said, Frank, I got, and she came in one day, and I'm working in her apartment, and she's shaking everything, (laughs) and I, honest to God, have no idea what she's doing. My mind is not that sharp. I'm not thinking this old woman is hitting on me. I mean, I'm really not. And she's looking at me going, and I'm thinking she's got Parkinson's disease. Or she's, I mean, everything, she's going to break something here. And I'm on a ladder, and I'm changing a, a light bulb and a fixture in her apartment because I'm the maintenance man. And finally, after about a minute, it kind of dawned on me, uh, and, and I'm like, And I didn't want to just bust out laughing, and I thought, lady, honest to God, this is no temptation. And I just looked at her, and I was very kind, and I said, "Um, no thank you. If if, If she saw the girl next door that was hitting on me last week, she wouldn't even have attempted this. But I'm saying that to you, and I'm going to make a statement to you. Did you know that exactly an hour after all of those never entered my mind again? You know the reason I've never had a problem with the opposite sex? I have more on my mind than her. Something else has captured my attention. Does that make sense? It isn't that they're not pretty. It's just that Jesus trumps that. Yeah. Right. The, um, the call of God on my life, the walking with God, knowing God. Now, now, now that that answers the question to temptation. I'm going to read that to you because he said they got tempted. Not just talking about women and sex. We're talking about Satan uses all kinds of temptations, and he could not get through to you if you weren't paying attention to it. Now that's, I just made a heavy statement. See, you can bring all the cocaine you want to my house. It means nothing to me. The marijuana, the booze, paper, mache women, they don't mean a thing to me. And so because of that, I pay no attention. See, once you start paying attention, that's where the downfall is. It's not the sin. It's the fact that Satan was able to get your eyes off of God and off the goal and onto to a lesser goal or something else or he never would have taken you out. Do you all see that? So what is first love? It's when you stopped loving Jesus and started loving something else in his place. Yeah, that's right. Are y'all getting this? So, well, I, I, I think you're getting, I think you got that. Um, Matthew 6, go to Matthew 6. I had a girl ask me one time uh, when I walked out, are you gay? I said, uh, not close. And she said, "Why did you leave my apartment?" And I said, "I'm married and and that does not honor God." And she went. Oh. That answered her question. I'm I'm not a fruit I know what a woman looks like. That's why I have one. I think every man ought to have one. They're kind of nice. And so if, you, if you're tempted by pretty women, do what I did and marry the prettiest one in town. You don't have to worry about all the rest of them after that. Amen. The Bible says if you burn, get married. So just get married. Y'all are so much fun. Matthew six twenty-five. look at 25, let's read it. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink, or about your body and what you're going to live. is more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, and your Heavenly Father feeds them, are you not much more valuable than they are? Which of you, by worrying, what is worrying? It's where your focus is not supposed to be. You're looking at something you're not supposed to be looking at. Can add one cubit to a statue. Why are you worrying about clothes? Why do you worry about your car payment? Why are you worrying about your house? Why are you worrying about things? Does God meet your needs? Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to kill yourself at, at your job. Am I right? Because your focus is wrong. I didn't say don't go to work. I said, don't, don't kill yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. And I say to you that even Solomon, all of his glory, wouldn't rain like one of these. Now, if God would clothe the grass of the field, which today is in the marsh, stone in the oven, would he not much clothe you, look at what he says, owe you have a little what? Faith. faith. It's a lack of faith. Therefore, don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? After all these things, the Gentiles or the, the, the unbelievers seek. Your Heavenly Father knows you need them. Seek what? Say first first hey, hey, now listen we're going to talk in a minute about money he never told you you couldn't have your money That's right. but in 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 modern day a church like this it's real easy to become covetous mm-hmm. because we believe in prosperity you become covetous in a church that doesn't believe in prosperity that doesn't change it but it's real easy to shift from believing God to believe it in myself. Yeah. All that has to change is your focus. Yeah. No longer trusting God, yeah. and trusting in you. Yeah. Brother Hagan said there was a man in his church, and uh, he made a good income, worked in the oil fields. And someone came to him one day and said, We would. I'd like to offer you a more lucrative job in another town in Texas. And he said, the man looked at him and said, he said, you know, he says, what town are you referring to? Told him. And he asked his boss, is there a church there for my wife and kids? He said, I don't know. He said, let me find out. And if there isn't, The answer is no. I'm not going to increase my salary at my family's expense. And I kind of took note of that and I went, whoa. And so he didn't say don't prosper. He said don't make it number one. Now let's go back over here and read this. I didn't read verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other. Or he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. He didn't say you can't have money, he said you can't serve it. So, what happens is Satan uses that as a temptation. And I'm going to say something to you He's constantly looking to see if he can find a weakness in you. He did, Jesus. Now it's not wrong to be tempted, it's wrong to yield to it. Right. Did you know Jesus was tempted to commit suicide? Yeah. But he didn't didn't do it, did he? Right. It says he was tempted in all points, as all men are. That means there was a lady one day that he got to check it out. Mm-hmm. And he had to deal with it because it wasn't God's will for him. Right. It was just it was just But it it became, so in other words, since I've been born again, Satan has sent all sorts of obstacles across my path. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I've never yielded to anything wrong, that I'm Mr. Perfect, Mr. Catholic Pope and never did anything wrong, but I'm telling you the only time I've ever missed God is when I got my eyes off of him and on to what the devil was saying. And I had to learn, keep your eyes on the Lord. Yeah. Keep your eyes on where you're going, right. on what you're doing, who you are. All right. So, John eight thirty-one. Go over there. Just going to read a few scriptures now. I could probably just quote it, but I want you to see it. John 8, 31. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my words, say abide. abide. What does it mean? It means live and continue. Lisa and I live together. We abide in the same house, therefore, we have a relationship. You're going to have to abide in the word or you're going to get off. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will. He didn't say if you heard it one time. He didn't say if you mentally assent to it. He said, if you're abiding in the word, do you know how long the word is good in you? Jesus said, my word is bread. Man doesn't live by bread alone. So let me ask you this question. How long does the last meal you ate last? A, while, a little while, but not months. There's one thing you're not supposed to fast. It's your Bible. So abiding is more, is more than just, I read that. Now listen, you know, you, you heard the story about the man, the woman came up to him and says, do you love me? And he says, I told you I love you the day I married you, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Amen. Thank y'all. That's not abiding. She might want to hear it twice in her life. How about once a day? Amen. Hey, hey, Justin. Tell her how beautiful she is. I told Lisa one time, I said, you are a smart woman. She goes, thank you. I said, you married me. You knew I had to say something. You knew. I was gonna... If you abide in my words, you're my disciples. Not, not if you heard it, only if you're doing it, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. There's no truth helping you where you're not abiding. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's not a. I, I read that. It's I live in it. I'm living in it. I'm going to show you what I, I'm going to show you what I'm trying to say. I lost my Bible. I was doing something the other day, and I had to take a tire to get air, you know, tube fixed in it. So I had the bright idea before I came to church that Sunday morning Mm -hmm. to grab my tire and to hunt it under one arm in my Bible in my day timer, and I'm headed out of the truck. Mm -hmm. Because Monday, I'm going to drop it off. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to do that, but but it was an idea I had. Mm -hmm. And I opened up the tailgate, and I dropped it in there, and I think I left my Bible on the, the truck. So I got here to church, and I'm looking everywhere. Bible and daytime are gone. And I'm like, I hate that. Because it's all marked up right. So I went and got my older Bible. Does your Bible look like this one? I mean, this one's not that old. It's Duct-taped. Pages are falling out. So I want you to remember this rest of your life. If your Bible is not falling apart, you are. This is the Bible of someone who's actually using it. And what happens is, is sometimes over here in Ephesians, there's so much of my my fingers, and, and I do wash my hands, That I can't, after a while it rubs all the words off the page and I can't read it because there's books that I read all the time. That scripture doesn't do me any good. I read it yesterday, but I read it today. I'm going to read it again today. And I used to think that maybe there's something wrong with me. I thought, well, I thought I believed that. Well, you did yesterday. But you had bread yesterday, but you have to have some more today. All right. So he says, if you abide. And and I'm going to tell you, I think that's what's wrong because people, I'll ask them something and they'll go, well, I'm saved. And I go, oh, that's not good. Because there's only one book in the world that'll weed and feed. There's only one book that'll keep you straight. My preaching won't even keep you straight. But there's something about picking up the Bible and just starting to read it. Just, Just pick it up and start reading it. And I'm telling you, it's alive. It's living. It'll feed your spirit. Nothing. I don't care what book you read by Brother Hagen, The scriptures you're reading, yeah. But I mean, read books, yeah. Nothing wrong with reading books. Nothing wrong with CDs. But I mean, pick this one up. And just, you say, well, I don't know where to read. Well, just start in reading. I'm going to guarantee you, your spirit man will go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you'll put it down fifteen twenty minutes later, very different than you picked it up Amen. and you can't you you can't live for God and and bear fruit without doing that Amen. they invited us they invited me and our church to go to do a thanksgiving service. There was a year that every church gathered together on Thanksgiving and had a a church service, and everybody in Apopka was invited. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, the Catholic Church was the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, One year it's the Nazareth, next, the year before that it was the Baptist, and so every year they pick a new new church and a new guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Well, the guest speaker was me. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Mm-hmm. How many of y'all were there? How many of y'all remember that? Joe, did y'all go there? Anyway. So everybody in our church was walking into the Catholic church with the Bible. And all the Catholics said, Are all y'all preachers? And Kenny and I were walking together and he goes, Well, sort of. Yeah. He said, We're all ministers. And they said, Yeah, we thought so, because you all are carrying Bibles. And I looked at Kenny and I said, That is about sad. Yeah. It is. And nobody in this church carries a Bible? then get out of there so let's look at another scripture here James chapter 1 go to James i want you to i want you to see this in your bible i think sometimes we have to talk about this and i'll tell you in a minute why we're doing this though so. because y- y'all look so excited man we ran Oz and jump Hughes tonight When did you do that? When he said amen, we couldn't wait to get out of there. James 1.12, blessed is the man that endures temptation. And when he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life by which the Lord promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he was tempted, I was tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire. Without desire, you can't be tempted. You know why money, you know why I'm not a crook? I, 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 it's just not in my desire base. Do you know why I've been faithful to Lisa? I just hadn't found anybody worth going to hell for. It's not even on the radar. I don't sit around and and, and, and try to overcome that, it, not, it doesn't even enter my mind. Amen. The only temptation that I struggle with is slapping people sometimes. I just want to slap someone. And I look at Lisa and I say, I've got a spirit of slap. Come on, Missy. Well, you better go read your Bible. I'm, I'm being about half serious, too. I'm going to slap the fire out of you. When desire comes... Is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. He's talking to you, don't be deceived, my beloved brother, which means you can be. Every good gift and every perfect gift has come from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a first fruit of all creation. Now, there is nothing outside of God That will make your life better. I'm going to say it again. Nothing. No selfish activity that you'll ever do will make you better than walking with God. You can't improve on his plan. So why get off of it? Now, I'm going to say this to y'all because I know, the, I know enough people in this church to know that there is people sitting here, and I can, I can actually walk by. I'm not prophesying. I can just read you scriptures you don't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just watched you for 10 minutes and go, you are not doing that. Yeah. that and, and that's not my job. It's yours. Yeah. That's right. Why do you have pieces of your Bible you don't do. Why do you have them? Right. Amen. Let's talk about one right now. Okay. Why do you gossip? Mm-hmm. Do you think it helps you? It doesn't. That's right. Even the people you gossip to hate your guts. Yeah. Yeah. You, have no friend. you have no friends. You have no friends. And even the people you're, you're, you're trying to get them to like you because you're a gossip they gossip about you. So stop. It is not making your life better. Just shut up and stop. Someone says, "How so and so doing?" Go. That's not even my concern. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. You see, when you are y'all, are y'all listening, I mean, we could. I could. Anger. Took me a while on this one. Raising your voice does not make anything better. You can, if you can't, if you can't get your point across civil, right now, ain't gonna fix it. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you a little secret right now. Once you go into that mode, they ain't listen to anything you say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had a policeman taught me this lesson one day. A policeman taught me about anger. He pulled me over. This has been years ago. I was going to the mountain door from a popka. And I went over the hill where the bridge is now, and when I came over the hill, state trooper sitting there clocked me doing about 70. Next thing you know, he turns on Christmas tree, wasn't giving out gifts, but he was asking me for one. And he came up and he said, hello, Mr. Morgan, how are you doing? I said, great. And I'm thinking, oh God, he's in a good mood. And he was very kind, and he was very nice, and he wrote me a ticket. He didn't have to be mean to punish me. Boys, if you do it again, I'm going to beat you. Come in the room. Hallelujah. Everybody here? You still here? I had another cop one time. I pulled out a pop and I pulled up the stop sign. Out of the car. Put your hands on the hood. How come you didn't stop at that light? That sign I went. I thought I did. Oh, you know, you did not stop at that stop sign. He did this for 10 minutes. Punk. Do you think he won? He gave me a ticket. He gave me a ticket too. Which one made a better point? You see, if if what you're saying doesn't carry any weight, screaming don't make it any better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take you right. Now, that, that, that does not make you more truthful. So stop. Now I'm going to tell you the truth about it.'t you you, It'll take you a little more than a week. Lisa gave me a scripture. And she, she uh, is in the book of Proverbs and it had to do with, with an angry man. And, and I had to read it a lot. And I remember the day that I was in the house and we were in a disagreement and I had this thought, stay calm. It's like, yeah, stay calm. And we're talking. And when we were done, I went, that was good. I did really good. I think I'll go get a cupcake. I did good. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that you have to find scriptures and go, I think I'm going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not, see, all of us in this room, could. I mean, all, I mean, right around this room, there's all kinds of stuff. We've already made up our mind, well, you can't do that. Yeah. I, I've said this before, and I want to say it again. I want to preach in a Baptist church mm-hmm. on tongues. But I have a question. Why don't they believe it? Because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They're not doing what he said. He commanded you. He didn't ask you your opinion. Is it costing them? Yeah, it's costing them. That's why they're lukewarm. That's why, that's why they're in the condition they're in. Are you all out there? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that temptation the things that the devil's telling you that you need to do when he's telling you that God's wrong. And I got one more scripture I want you to read. I want you to go to the book of Genesis now because I got to quit. I got to stop. I'm out of time. But I want you to go to the book of Genesis and I can't finish until we go there. I mean, I think some of y'all like the fact that I don't scream. Lisa does. Now, if we could stop her from screaming, it'd be good. No, she doesn't. I'm teasing you. Genesis 2, 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man whom he had formed out of the ground. The Lord made every tree to grow that's pleasant to the side, good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst, the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and there parted and became four river heads. Now, Goes on to explain the rivers. Now, because of the rivers, we know the garden was fairly large. At least 15, somebody said 1,500 miles. It was in modern-day Iraq or Iran, but it was between the Euphrates and the Tigris River. Somewhere up in there was the Garden of Eden. In other words, it was quite a large garden. All right, now I'm saying that because I want you to hear this. So he goes on, verse 17, verse 16, The Lord commanded the man, every tree of the garden you can eat. Fifteen hundred acres or 15,000 miles, I don't know. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll not eat it, and the day you eat it, you'll surely die. And he stopped and stopped talking. Chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field the Lord had made. And he said, The woman has God indeed said, You not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said, the serpent, we may eat it, the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the fruit that's in the middle of the garden, God has said, you'll not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you'll not shall die. And God knows in a day you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw, underline the word saw. Let me ask you a question. Why is she in the middle of the garden standing there looking at that tree? I want you to think about this there's at least 1,500 acres, maybe 15,000 acres Mm -hmm. of fruit trees. Mm -hmm. There's only one (laughs) that he said don't eat. And we think the devil came to tempt her. Wait a minute. She was already there. Staring at it. Mm -hmm. Could it be That if you just keep your eyes where they're supposed to be, you wouldn't have near the trouble with the devil you're having. Amen. I'll come over here and preach. Now, I'm going to say it again. Well, let me say it another way. Leave the woman next door alone. She's really not a problem if you're not leaning over the fence. You have a wife. Never mind, I'll come over here. <laughs> Did God say he'd meet all your needs? Yes. Then why are you staring and highly focused on. on money above and beyond what God would even give you? Amen. I mean, apparently God can't take care of you. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. No, wrong. It's wrong. So you don't have to be a crook. I read that one day, and and, and, and I, want, I want to read the rest of this because I want you to see something here. The woman saw that the tree was good for food. Did you know that's true? Yes. It was. Yeah. That's, not, that's not a lie. And that was pleasant to the eyes. Mm-hmm. That's not a lie. That's true. Yeah. And a tree to make you wise. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Did you know all of your arguments against the Bible are true? All of your excuses are true. Mm -hmm. Why are you angry? One, two, three. And they're all correct. Uh But he said, stop. Uh Well, you just don't know how bad a wife I have. She ain't cooking for me. She don't take care of me. And she's a mean woman. So... All that's true. Leave the woman next door alone. That's someone else's wife. Fix yours. I'm trying to go. I'm out of time and I'm trying to go someplace. Satan's job is to get you, your eyes, and your focus off of what he said, off of what God said, onto what he said, and it might be true. I didn't say truth. Well, what did you hit him for? Well, he was a mean man. That's true. Well, he slapped me. That's true. And he took my wallet. That's true. but you didn't have to kill him. Are y'all out there, did you go home? I read something the other day. Now this is going to be political. You know, if you did what the police said, they probably wouldn't shoot you. I mean, you know, our whole society is is crazy. I mean, the man's got a gun. Quit screaming at him. He might be a carnal idiot. Yes, sir, no, sir. And then take it to court and sue him, but don't. Don't become a stat. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Our society is is, is messed up because, you know, I I started on this, and I'm going to go back to it. Luke, Luke 8 did not say there's just saved and unsaved. That's right. There's all kinds of people in between them. Yeah. And all of us fall in there somewhere yeah. where it's temptation. The next one's cares, riches, and pleasure. And none of that's sin. That, there's not even a sin in any of that. Mm-hmm. But your cares is what you're looking at. Riches is what you're looking at. And pleasure is what's on your mind. Nobody said that, but, it's, but you're not bearing any fruit. Your life is falling apart, and it might just be Disney. Right. Yeah. And nobody said going to Disney is a sin. Right. But if you're broke, don't go every week. Sure. Amen. So you can have a happy moment. I'm doing, I'm doing fairly good anyway. I'm trying to show you that the whole point of of Jesus' parable is that people with a good heart made it. Don't let anything else in your heart. Keep Jesus in the heart. Enjoy your life. Make money. Enjoy your spouse. Raise your kids. Have a wonderful life. But keep him number one and let all the rest of them become two, three, four, and five, and six. There's nothing, just get your priorities back so that first things are first. Not somewhere, Jesus doesn't need to be somewhere in there. That's no good, no, no, no. No, he's number one or nothing. And I'm gonna tell you something, that's the key. Keep him number one, everything else will work its way out. You can can make the... stupidest mistakes in your life. Yeah. If he's number one, it'll work. Yeah. And you can be brilliant and, and, and a millionaire. If he's number two, it will fall apart. Yeah. I don't have time to get into the story. Jesus talked about the Word. He said, you build on the Word. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people right now, especially young people, well, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to read a Bible. I don't have time to read Bible. Well, I had a man one time to looked to me and, and uh, he and. Uh, told me, there's a friend of mine, he says, I don't have time to read the Bible. And he got arrested and put in jail, in a prison, and I went to see him. And I took him a Bible because he now has time. And I said, do you have time? He goes, smart, Alec. He was in for one year. I said, when you come out of here, I want you to be a theologian. And today, he's on fire for God. Don't let God put you off in some hole reading the Bible. No, he won't do that. How many of y'all got this? Say first things first. If you'll understand how Satan operates, you'll understand that when things come, you just go, that's not my focus. No, that's not where I'm not looking. I'm not looking. over. I'm not in the garden looking at what I'm not supposed to be looking at. There's a lot of stuff to do in this planet without messing with what I'm not supposed to be doing. We live in a beautiful world, a lot of good people. If you have people that don't like you, don't hang around them anymore. Go find somebody who likes you. If nobody likes you, buy a dog. I know dogs that are so loyal, they love bad people. Good dog, good dog. Don't buy a cat. Cats don't love nobody. Nobody owns cats. Cats own you. Never mind. That's another sermon. How many of y'all while I'm preaching, you're sitting back thinking, I got some stuff I need to get my eyes off and get it over. I'm looking at the wrong tree. I want you to do that because I want, I said all this for this reason tonight. I want to see you here in three months. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. I, I don't want you to be here for a short time, and then we ask, where is so-and-so? They go, we don't know. You keep your eyes on Jesus, and you keep him, number one. I can't make you do that. I want you to have a good life. I want you to have a good life. And if you do not do it, he will pull you out. And he can't harm you till he gets you out of here. You take a stick out of the fire, it'll go out. It cannot survive alone. If you want it to be on fire, put it back in, on the other logs. Y'all ready to pray? Father, I came here tonight with a sole purpose of, 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 of sharing something that's, that's dear to my heart because Lisa and I love the people that come to this church. We've seen people come for a while and we never see them again. And we hear stories and we don't rejoice. Some of them made it, some of them did not. And I've always wanted to say something to the people so that can, can I give them the information that will show them how Satan's working and the fact that he probably is working on many of the people right now to get them and pull them away from the word? And can I share with them how to do this? And I did tonight. And I'm asking that the people walk out of here and go, I learned something. And I realized I have an enemy, and he's going to do everything in his power to get me out of the Word of God. And if I stay in the Word, then I'll become the 30, 60, and 100-fold Christian. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all have a great night. I went 15 minutes over, and I promise you, I'll never give it back. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church.